You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered Podcast. Your host, Olivia here. And today I have Alicia Corey. And we're talking about confidence, but also just being in the workplace too, and and having that confidence to be who you are in the workplace. Just a little bit about her. She's the audacious confidence growth expert. She is the founder and CEO of Alicia Corey Inc., a boutique consulting firm specializing in the development of audaciously proactive leaders and teams using brain science and people data to get results. She has a stored background in business within, which includes years of owning her own successful beauty business, coaching speakers for stage and video, helping leaders raise their executive presence and personal brand for media. Alicia brings her experience and combines it with the data, the analytics as a Colby certified talent optimized certified and predictive index certified consultant to help accelerate results for leaders and teams. And she's also a woman of achievement legacy queen. Um, She's originally born in Trinidad raised in Australia and currently lives in Miami, Florida. I've got her links linked below in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me on today. Of course, of course. So you've been doing this for like a really long time and you know, you've, you've overcome a lot of things and you've taught so many people, you've coached so many people, you've worked in so many different industries. Um, what do you find is the most common thing that people struggle with? Oh, well, that's why I'm the audacious confidence growth expert. And thank you so much for having me on today, Olivia, because confidence is one of those things that a lot of people struggle with. I struggled with it. Um, and it, it really, it's, it's deeply rooted, right? Our self-confidence, um, the, the scars of self-confidence is really deeply rooted and to try to excavate those things. You can, you can feign confidence for a, for a little while, but after a while, um, things will start knocking you down and then you'll find that it's harder and harder to get back up. So, um, I, I really love helping people get to know who they are and really be confident in their strengths and, um, and understand how they're wired to, to achieve. And that helps them, you know, I call it um, what your superpowers are or your zone of genius. If you find your zone of genius and you operate in that zone of genius, then you, you kind of have this unshakable confidence within you because you know how you operate. And no matter what anyone else says or thinks, you know you and you know how to get best results for you. I love that. What are some ways that people are wired to achieve? 
So, so being Colby certified, being predictive in this index certified, I look at the three different parts of the mind. Um, so when we talk about brain science tools and, and data and analytics, we um, look at these assessment tools that we use to show people how they're, how they're wired with their strengths. So there are three different parts of the mind. And I know I'm, I'm coming to the answer to the question, but I'm just giving a little bit of a um, a little bit of a, a foundation. So there are three parts uh, three parts of the mind. There's the cognitive, how we think, our IQ, uh, what we've learned, the skills we've gathered over the years. Uh, the affective, which is our personality, our behavior, our motivations, our emotions. So that's the emotional part of our mind. And the third part of the mind is the conative part of the mind, which a lot of people don't know about. And that's the doing part. That's how we are actually wired instinctively to take action, to strive and to problem solve. And so when in asking me that question, what are some of some of the ways people are wired to do things? It's we have to look at the combination of the cognitive, the affective and the conative. And so wiring, instinctive wiring comes from the conative part. And there are four basic action modes that we measure when we do our assessment. And that is the fact finding mode, how you and share information the follow through mode, which is how um, you look at systems, patterns, processes uh, in, in solving problems. And then there's a quick start mode, which is dealing with risk, uncertainty, and change. And then the fourth mode is called implementer, which is all about tangibles, space and tangibles. How do you um, operate in the physical world around you? And so that is how we look at how you're wired through those four basic action modes. And there are um, four ways that people are wired within those action modes that we, that we kind of find your sweet spot, so to speak. Yes. That's very detailed. <laughs> I know a lot of people like they don't do well with uncertainty in general. Like right. that's just what I've just seen based on. Right. So when people are, are, risk averse when they, when they're, um, there are two reasons for people to be risk averse. One is wiring that you're naturally wired to avoid risk. And the other one is fear. And so, um, if someone who is wired to take risk or not to be averse to risk, and they are, they're not taking risk, then there's a fear component that we can, we can dissect for them and get them back to, well, this is how you're wired to actually do this. You, you are wired to take, take chances and to, um, but it's not uh, in a reckless way. It's actually a, a, a very powerful strength. And in the same way, there, there are people who are just wired for stabilizing. And that's not, again, that's a strength. It's not a weakness. Their risk-taking is very measured. It's very calculated but they lean towards stabilizing situations than risk-taking. So a lot of times people hear throughout their lives, why don't you just take a risk? Why don't you just do this? When naturally they are wired to be a stabilizer. And so risk-taking is not the first thing they will ever do. They will, they will mitigate risk before ever taking a risk. And so 
Um, we need to understand that about ourselves and about the world, the people we work with so that we can lean on those strengths. So while things are changing everywhere else, we can say, okay, this person here is really about stabilization so they can see what's working and keep that working while we are shifting or pivoting or trans transitioning into something else. They'll keep the boat afloat, right? So, so that's a very important strength to have on a team is someone who can keep things stable while other things are kind of being risky or moving or changing because not everyone is comfortable in, in a changing environment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just, I was at the grocery store the other day and I was looking at toilet paper. I was like, man, there was a time that <laughs> when we, were we out of empty shelves. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and I was just thinking about how many people were just nowadays, it's, we're so driven by impulse and fear and fear and, mm -hmm. and when you're you know you're working with leaders and teams and people that are trying to corral the general public um you know tell me more about the people that come to you and um how you help them absolutely so there there are uh, several different reasons that people come to me um either for just to strengthen their team Sometimes they have business goals, they have vision, they have strategy, but they're not sure they have the right people in place. And so they'll come to, to can, we, can we see if they actually align with the goals and the strategies that we have? And so we do these assessments to see if there's alignment because a lot of times there's not alignment and you're asking people to do things that, that's outside their quote unquote zone of genius and it's causing conflict, it's causing frustration, it's causing burnout, it's causing all kinds of things within um, the team. And so um, when we understand who is on the team and what their role is, then we're able to, to even if it's just moving the chess pieces around and say, oh, you know what, you have this person in the wrong place. That's, that's why this is not working the way that you you hope it would. Um, and, and sometimes it's just a function of changing, switching tasks among those that are there so that they're in, more in alignment with the task that they need to do. Because again, remember, um, Colby, the cognitive part of the mind is all about doing. How do we actually take action? Um, another reason is if they're hiring people and they need um, they have gaps that need to be filled. Well, we can help you find the right person for that role based on who they are and how they do things, not just based on a resume, which is IQ, which is, again, cognitively driven. So we try to look at the whole person um, when when not just putting them in a role, but also consulting within a team. Let's let's figure out because you bring your whole self to work, right? You don't yeah. leave parts of it at home and say, I'm leaving my personality behind today. I'm just going to be a cog in the machine and just go to work and be a drone. We bring our whole selves to work. So why don't we understand and learn about the whole person and all the strengths that they have when they come to, when they come to work every day and whether or not all these strengths are actually aligned with them. And so understanding the cognitive piece can help clarify communication 
because the the way I look at it is that cognitive piece is it operates in the subconscious. So it's it's such an underlying uh, foundation that a lot of things that people see, which might be behaviorally, which might uh, appear affective, is actually triggering from the cognitive part of the mind. And it the only outlet for it is affectively. So, so it, it shows up in behavior, it shows up in conflict, it shows up in, in disengagement, it shows up, you know, and you think, so you're working on the behavioral side, you're working on on people's attitudes and people's, um, you know, their, their uh, emotions, emotional intelligence, and you're working on all these things, which is great. It's, it's necessary, but sometimes there's an undercurrent that's happening that you're not even aware of that. If you tap into that cognitive piece, then you'll see where it's coming from. And I'll give you an example. Um, and, and the reason I'm really focusing on the cognitive part of the mind is because it's not well known. It's, it's been around for over 400 years. Uh, Aristotle wrote about it, but there's not a whole lot of research aside from what Colby has, has really dug deep into. There's not a whole lot out there about the cognitive mind. And so, for instance, let's take, we talked about risk earlier. So let's, let's stay on that path. Um, so if you, we have someone and we can call them an initiating quick start, which means that they are very much um, in, they're very much, they will take risks. Let me put it that way. They're, the way they look at life, they're urgent. They, um, they are very talkative. They ad lib, they brainstorm and they take action quickly. They have multiple things going on at the same time because they can continue to, to keep track of multiple things and they're future focused. Now, if you have someone who's on the other end of the spectrum, who's a stabilizer and they're both in a room and the initiate, initiating quick start is just throwing out a lot of ideas and we could do this and we can do that. And, and they're just, and the stabilizer is completely overwhelmed and they just want to shut everything down and say, nope, we're just shutting it down. We're not doing any of that. And so conflict arises, but the conflict looks like and sounds like personality dispute. It sounds like, well, you just don't like my ideas um, uh, because you just don't like me or, you know, you're always so negative about everything I have to say. And why can't you ever listen? And why can't you ever take a risk? And and on the other side is, well, you're just reckless and you're just, you know, you don't think things through and you're just always, you know, have your head up in the cloud. So it becomes this conflict thing. And then HR gets involved and you're thinking, well, why can't these two just get along? Oh, they just have conflicting personalities. When in reality, what it is, is they don't understand their cognitive nature. They don't understand that this one is wired for risk taking and this one is wired for stabilization. And when we come in and we show them that there is this potential for conflict because you see the world from this perspective, your brain sees things, your brain operates in this way, and your brain operates in the exact opposite way, this is what's causing the conflict, then the conversation becomes something very different instead of a personality conflict, then the, the conversation becomes around, well, 
okay, how can we limit the uh, brainstorming to two or three ideas? Let's just see, let's just gather some facts. Let's gather some details. Let's really dig in and see what can change and what can stay the same. And then it becomes a, a much different conversation than, well, you just don't like everything I have to say. You're right. <laughs> so this so that's like marriage too. Oh, it helps with marriages so much. You have no idea. <laughs> oh, I, I believe it. I absolutely believe it because I'm like, I'm like that first person that you're talking about that like is willing to do risk. We'll have a bunch of stuff going on and like, just be fine. And then like be like future focused. And then my husband's kind of like the stabilizer and it's just, you know, <laughs> but, but it happens in, in every, uh, the, the, the opposite spectrum of every action mode has mm-hmm. an element of conflict, uh, potential conflict in it because of that. So let's say fact finder, someone who's a simplifier versus someone who, who wants specifics. The simplifier keeps saying, just bottom line it for me. I don't need all the details. And the, the, um, the spe- specifier wants details. And the, the simplifier is like, I don't have the details. I don't care about the details. And so the conversation, you know, becomes, oh my gosh, why are you always uh, nitpicking? Why do you always need every little, you know, detail? And, and so we're able to shift those conversations. We're able to give them more clarity, what the issue actually is and stay focused on moving the boat ahead, you know, rowing in the, you know, everyone rowing at the same time in the same direction and not like spinning in circles. That's very helpful for teams, especially nowadays with the fact that we have a labor shortage. We have, you know, just a, a need for talent is, is really high. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there was a lot of people leaving jobs um, and from all different spectrums of the workforce, from high level executives to middle management, to menial working jobs. class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's been a shift. And I mean, a lot of that has to do with work-life culture and and the environments that they have. And if they actually took this, these types of steps for the people, for their teams, I think that they would have a better retention rate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's nothing a person loves more than being heard and being recognized mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that like they don't need plaques and recognition, but hear me understand me, see me. And it's not a huge investment for a company because their people are their largest investment. Mm -hmm. And if you're not treating your people right, and if you're not giving them opportunities to even understand themselves on a deeper level where they can bring their best to work every day and take their best back home, they're not stressed out at work, they're not disengaged, then how much, how much better will your product be? Mm-hmm. You know, take the time not just to invest in hiring them, um, but invest in the tools that will help them bring their best selves to work every day. Yeah. I think, I think it's vital. I, this is why I do the work I do because I see the transformations and it doesn't take three years, five years. It's, it takes really uh, a short period of time um, 
because when we do these cognitive assessments with teams and they begin to understand they've been having the wrong dialogue all this time, you know, we've been, we've been arguing over the wrong thing. That shift is immediate. That shift happens like, I mean, it's so fast how quickly things can shift in an organization once they get to the root of what the challenges were. And actually now we, un- we have such a greater understanding of each other. Now, when you do emotional intelligence work, now when you do some coaching, it is so much more informed and, and you have lasting results because there's not this undercurrent that's still running Unde- undetected through conversations. And I know when people know who they are and are understood better by the organizations than they're in, that they're in, their confidence levels will definitely increase. Like and that's confidence growth expert. That's why yeah. I say it. <laughs> because they because they feel heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the scenario we talked about earlier where they're there there's conflict in a room each person can feel heard they can feel that they are now bringing value because you know my strength is to be this um ad-libbing brainstorming future focused you know multiple idea person and you know i'm just i'm gonna find where we can keep stability So when I bring ideas to the table, I'm not looking for it just to be shut down. I'm looking for, well, how can we make this work? How can we make these things? And and the idea that, okay, a quick, an initiating quick start, not every idea is a brilliant idea. Just come to the table knowing you're going to have a lot of ideas, but not every idea is doable. Not every idea is a great idea and not every idea is going to be executed. And so if we come with that understanding, then we don't get hurt feelings when 30, 50, 60% of our ideas are shut down, right? Because it's like, okay, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just, I like to just brainstorm. So, you know, the conversations, the attitudes, the everything just comes, the communication becomes so much clearer and, con- and more productive um, when you bring that confidence to the room because you, you, you know that you're bringing value with you when you come into these meetings and the productivity skyrockets. And that is something our, our economy can benefit from. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want your productivity to skyrocket, if you want to stop the, the uh, misunderstandings and the conflict and the confusion, if you want to really get to the root of it, then that this is one of those um, avenues that you can take. And it, it also, it also promotes proactivity, which is, which is a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. I love when teams are proactive because now I know my zone of genius. I know where I can, what I can do because people aren't proactive when there's like murkiness. They're not quite sure. Do I, do I not? Am I overstepping? But when you really know who you are and everybody else knows who you are and they know what you bring, then I can go out and be me and I can go out and do things to bring value back to the, to the organization um, and not feel like, oh, I wonder if, or should I? So it, it really promotes proactivity. I've, I've been hearing some stuff about, you know, looking at your work environments, not as a family environment, but as a team and more so like a sports team. 
And in that, you know, you really are looking at all of the assets to benefit the organization. Um, and I, I mean, I, I do like that. And I one day want to have not a huge team. Like I don't want to be an Amazon. I don't right. do that. That's just too many people. Like <laughs> I kind of, I kind of like freedom to just like, yeah, my own exactly. thing, right? but I do want a team of people and I definitely want to help them, you know, and help myself work with the best of mm-hmm. what we have to create something better. Um, what are, what is a success story that you can share with me, uh, from a team that you helped out? I have a great one. And, and, you know, because I'm talent, I'm certified in talent optimization and predictive index, you know, we use those tools as well to help people, uh, help organizations align, not just their team, but the work that needs to be done. So we really look at at your organization and your strategies and make sure everything is in alignment. So I had this this great client. They and it, it's so funny because when I first met the their leader, he and I told him what I did, his first comment to me was, "Well, are you any good?" <laughs> I was like, "Well, more than I, I took a second, like I took a step back as, you know, the question. And then I said, you know what, more than good, I'll say I'm passionate about getting your results. I'm passionate about getting, getting my clients results. And so um, they, he hired me, came in, we did a strategy day with them where we, um, he flew me in, his whole team was there. And we did a, um, a full day where we looked at everybody's strengths we had done all the assessments and everything. We looked at their strategies. And um, during the time that, that, that we were do- going through everything, there was kind of a little uh, uncomfortable moment between the two partners that were there. And, um, you know, they had, there was a difference of opinion and they were going back and forth with it. And so, um, at the end of the, the strategy day, I met with the person who hired me, this leader, and he said, you know what? I can already see how our revenue is going to increase by 50% just from doing this. Like we're going to double our, our revenue. And I was like, wow, really? So after two weeks, I had another meeting with him kind of to debrief. I wanted them to sit with all this because you know there was a lot of information that went around the room that day and um two weeks later he reported back to me and he's like yep uh one of the team members who was there um it was a mutual agreement decided to leave and since they they left because they realized they were the wrong fit for the organization he's like we have like taken off completely we've we've doubled like like he was telling me he's like we've doubled our invoicing we've doubled the amount of of um clients that we're actually uh you know signing up and we're just like rocking and rolling the communication has has gone through the roof like we talk to each other all the time now before it was it wasn't happening because there was too much of that friction that was going on and He's like, it's, it's like night and day. And that was just one strategy day. It wasn't like 
we did months and months of work. That one strategy day that we spent together, like transformed their entire business. And I keep checking in with them every now and then. He's like, yep, things are still growing great. I was like, okay, let me know when, when, um, you know, when we need a tune up or anything. Cause I check in with them 30 days after and 90 days after their strategy day, just to, to keep, keep the, the momentum going. And, and they've been, they've been doing really great. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing this with me, you know, and if someone is, you know, owns a business, they have a team or they're an executive in an organization or anything, how do they find you? I know I've got your links below, but so aliciacurry.com is the website and my email is alicia at aliciacurry.com. They can just email me uh, and, and, you know, and let's have a conversation because it, you know, I'm, I'm always open to meeting with, with any leader, uh, have a conversation, let you know what, what it is we do, how we do it, uh, kind of share our process with you and then um, what our services look like. So you know, it's, it's no obligation to just send me an email, shoot me an email, let's get on the calendar and let's, let's have a conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Alicia. It was such a pleasure having you. Thank you, Olivia. I I thoroughly enjoyed this. And anytime you want me back, let me know. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and unfiltered podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.